Welcome to Discovering You, a podcast that explores the intricacies of personality and how it impacts the way we navigate through life. What will you discover today? Hi, listeners. We're doing something a little bit different today. Heather is here in the background, but I am interviewing a very special guest and client of mine. We're going to talk about the mood meter in a few minutes with him. Today, I'm kicking off the first of a series that I'm going to be doing over this year. I'm going to be interviewing some of my clients and each one has a different disc profile. It's kind of going to be like case studies to see how each particular profile operates in the world, almost like a day in the life of. But before we dive into that, let's do this month's disc illustration. It is Oscar season. Here is disc according to Oscar nominated films. This is not necessarily best picture. It might even be an acting award. And the first one is that. For High D, I have Nyad. It's the true story of a woman's relentless quest to swim from Cuba to Florida. So she is very driven, direct, and highly competitive. So she really personifies High D. Next is High I. We have Barbie. I'm pretty sure most of you are familiar with this movie. I probably don't have to explain it. But I think it's great for high eye because it provides all the feels. It runs the gamut of emotions from joy to sadness and discouragement back to empowerment and inspiration. High S is the holdovers. It's a story about a grumpy teacher at a prep school who has to babysit some students over Christmas break. It really focuses on unlikely bonds that are created by spending time learning and listening to others. And it culminates in a lot of care and support. And high C is Oppenheimer. The movie is very detailed and historically accurate about a physicist and a team of scientists who create the atom bomb. The focus on science, confidentiality, and facts over feelings is very high C. Okay, let's get to it. I spend a lot of time looking at different personality and disc profiles on this podcast, but I thought it would have a stronger resonance if I would talk to somebody who I think embodies the essence of their profile, take a walk in their shoes, so to speak. It's an opportunity to see the profile in action. We're going to start with high S. Yes, that's right. I'm not doing it in order. High Ds, you always get to be first. So I'm shaking things up. So it is my absolute pleasure to introduce you to Sean Ziegelstein. Sean has been in the real estate industry for 20 years. He's the founder and team lead of Teams Old and ranks consistently in the top 1% of sales reps for Royal Page. He's also the winner of the 2022 A.E. LePage Realtor of the Year Award. And true to his profile, he's probably uncomfortable hearing these accolades. <laughs> Hi, Sean. Hi, Victoria. How are you? I'm good. Welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So did that make you a little uncomfortable? No, not really. Okay. You get used to it after a little while. So I'll take it. <laughs> I love it. Normally on the show, Heather and I start off by doing our mood meter. So our regular listeners will be familiar with that. Did you have a chance to have a look at what your mood is today, Sean? I actually did. I have to look at my phone here. Yeah, go ahead. I will start with mine while you're doing that. So if you're new to the podcast, we do a thing where we check in uh, to see how we're feeling so that we can move through our days more mindfully. This has got a lot of tie into subject matter that I have done in the past what I'm doing there, there's, you can kind of see there's a how we feel app, you click on it, and it really sort of forces you to think about how am I feeling today? Is my energy high? Is it low? 
would I say I'm more pleasant or unpleasant? So it's sort of like an axis, so to speak. So for today, I got energized. So I got ready to go excited. And that's probably because I'm super excited that I have uh, not only a guest, because that's rare, but a very special guest. So I got energized, which is the yellow. What about you, Sean? What'd you get? Well, I had three because I think I did it like three check-ins already okay. because it keeps telling me to check in. So I don't know if I'm doing it properly, <laughs> but I had energized, motivated and relaxed. Oh my gosh. Okay. Perfect. Which I think is kind of, you know, me for the most part. That is you. And I was just going to make a prediction based on your profile, how I would say you probably live in the green and the yellow zones, which is kind of what you described. For instance, like green kind of has more of a, a, a calm, chill, balanced and content and yellow is maybe a little bit more upbeat. So cheerful, determined, engaged. What I find really funny about this, and you can remind me, Sean, if you're more of a visual learner or not, but you know, when I'm talking about the disc colors, I have the word and then the color associated. Some people pay no attention to the colors. They're like, I don't know, I'm a high D. I don't know what color it is. But for you, with your exact profile, (laughs) your colors are a combination of green and yellow. And look at your mood meter. (laughs) It's dead on. Green and yellow. Listeners, I think Sean personifies high S. To remind you, high S is all about its name, actually, steadiness. We're not looking at a roller coaster of emotions of highs and lows, throwing things at the wall to see what sticks. But we're looking at things like having systems routines, follow through. This may not sound exciting and revolutionary. And I think that's what trips people up. It doesn't sound enticing. And many people doubt that it will have successful results, which is why I think it's a great opportunity to show you this particular approach and why it works. If you think or know yourself to be like Sean with his profile, this is going to resonate with you. Sean, I really wanted to start this series off with you because I've said this to you before, you don't have what I would call a prototypical sales profile, and yet you're incredibly successful. I think you're a great example of how knowing yourself, staying true to yourself, leaning into your strengths, allows you to really take an authentic approach to selling. I guess what I want to say is, what do you think sets you apart from other sales approaches? Well, I I think that it's always one of those things that I look at from a standpoint of what do I like? I'm not a car person at all. So, you know, I always look at the car salesmen and I've, I've always walked in and I just shake my head afterwards because I'm like, they're not listening to you. They're not doing anything that you are, you know, in need of if you are a profile like myself. Steadiness for me, and again, when you first did my disc profile a number of years ago, we looked at it and said, okay, this is where you are, and we've done it a couple of times since, and I always seem to fall in the exact same place. That's me. It's all about being consistent. It's about being true to myself and know that this is what I believe in, so why go against the norm of of where my thoughts lie? And I really think by being consistent and doing the same thing all the time, the same way, it's kind of built that platform for myself to not stress about things, not worry about things, not have those huge up and down uh, levels like a lot of uh, salespeople do. Totally. And I have to point out one thing that you said right at the beginning when you were talking about 
maybe going into a car place and having the salesman come over to you. And then one of the things you said right away is they don't listen. The word that is associated with high S is listen. You said that right out of the gates. Honestly, I've talked to my clients about this. If you go back and look at your communication, so either your emails or you're listening to stuff, you say those buzzwords that are associated with our profiles come up so many times. And I agree. One of the stories that I often will tell in a workshop is a situation in a car dealership where the sales guy was just talking to my husband, which I think is probably pretty typical. So he was taking a very high D approach. My husband is a high D, so that worked. But he was ignoring the high S. Uh, beside, I always make a joke. A lot of people think that high D, you know, runs the show, calls all the shots. And in the moment, it appears that way. But my money is always on a high S any day to wear down that high D because, because all those things we talked about, right, Sean? Consistency, follow through. Another word, I like to say S's are tenacious, persistent, but another word that's often used to describe us is stubborn. So <laughs> sometimes he's I've like, I've never no. been called stubborn in my life. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> never. Probably every day, but that's okay. But you know what? See, this is the thing that I always want to remind people is in our greatest strengths also can lie our greatest challenges. So the reason people are seeing you as stubborn is because you were like, well, I know that this works. I'm going to stick the course. And to people who don't have that profile, that seems, you know, annoying, like, oh, you're just being stubborn. I think when they actually have an understanding of it, it can be reframed. And they're like, oh, I see it. You're just very tenacious. At least that's what we're saying, right, Sean? I think that's the case. And I think it's true. I guess by learning more about yourself and learning what I had to do in order to build my business the way that I wanted to have it built, it doesn't mean that everybody around me is the same personality as me, of course. Of and, course. and you know my team very yes. well, and we have very different personalities <laughs> on it. But I think that so many different personalities can work together as long as they are listening to each other, doing what the others need occasionally and not being totally rigid on, on their belief system as well. Exactly. Well, that's a very good point. And that definitely is something that comes into play when you have a team. And I would just like what you said, yeah, we don't all have the same profiles and I wouldn't even recommend it because you're able to then have new ideas, new perspectives brought to the table. But then the next part is, <laughs> okay, so then how do you make sure that you get along and we all play nice in the sandbox, right? In general, like with a lot of what we're talking about in sales, not just real estate, but sales in general, a lot of it is kind of like a fly by the seat of your pants, unstructured environment. And because I know you and I've worked with you for six years, I can attest to the fact that that is not how you operate. So I'm curious if you can just take us through a, a typical day. What would that look like for you? Because I do tease you because you are very routine and very structured, which of course I love. but it's not the case, right? Do you recognize that in yourself that this is a little bit different from maybe a lot of your cohorts? Oh, 100%. I, I am number one, first and foremost, I'm an office person. So I am in my office here all the time. Unless I have meetings, unless I have lunches, or unless I'm golfing, I am typically in the office. But my day starts between 530 and 545. I have the same routine every day. I wake up, I have an espresso, I go and work out, I get ready for work, I get to the office, typically anywhere between 7.30 and 8 o'clock, I would say, as long as I'm working out in the morning. If not, I will get here a little bit earlier as well. 
get a whole bunch of things done, get it off my plate. I'm a big believer that if it's on my plate to get it off, I only want to touch it once and, you know, either assign it to somebody else who has to deal with it or make sure I'm getting that answer right away. So I had a client email me this morning. They needed something. They had it within 10 minutes. And I think that's twofold. Number one, it's to provide really good service. But number two, it's so I don't forget to do it later. Because, of course, as we know, the sales process and the day becomes a little bit crazy sometimes, and you are doing a lot of different things. So if you procrastinate and don't do it right away, sometimes you don't get it done. And then at that point, of course, you never know what's going to happen with that potential client or that deal that you're trying to put together. So I'm usually at the office. uh, Like I said, most days I have the same lunch every day. And Victoria, you and I have had lunches before. You know exactly what I order. But I have the same lunch every day at the office. I bring my own lunch in and I'll have a snack in the afternoon with another espresso. Then I will go home for dinner and I will have dinner at home and I will sit at nights and with my laptop. My laptop sits on my lap and I'll answer any other emails that need to get answered. I'll do some research online. And for me, it doesn't feel like work when I'm doing it that way because I'm just, I enjoy it so much that it's not like... I'm sitting there and saying, oh, my goodness, I've got to do more work. It's actually enjoyable for me. It is. And I think part of probably what makes it enjoyable and balanced for you is the fact that you are so structured with that. So if you were just reacting and, you know, for those of you who aren't like familiar with the real estate industry, but can be very tumultuous, there's ups and downs. You don't know necessarily what your day is like. You could be thinking you're doing one thing and then there's an offer that comes in and you've got to pivot. But I think the fact that you are building up those systems that you have that sort of structured approach. I think what that does for you is kind of reduces maybe the chaos and the uncertainty so that no matter what, you know what your day looks like. And I think that's where we have that high S that comes in. Well, and by time blocking for me, what it enables me to do, and I I don't have a piece of paper or anything like that here, the typical realtor, I think their day just goes like this. That's the, they get into the office or they're at home and their day just goes up and down like this. With me, what I try to do is have these little boxes. And in these boxes, if the day goes like this in the box, you keep it in that box and it doesn't go to other points throughout the day. So it could be super, super hectic for an hour, two hours, three hours. But then you go back and you have that extra time to work on the other things that you can actually control. Okay, I like that. So I find that keeps it nice and structured and and consistent. That's the trick. Right. I like that answer. And and that's one of my questions that when I'm doing this series of, of talking to people with their profiles, that's one of the, I think, main questions also is sort of like, how do you operate under stress? What is your go-to? And so a lot of that is what you're saying, creating the the sort of systems and structures around it. Do you find that For instance, obviously, you've got a team and also I'm sure a lot of people come to you for advice or mentoring. Do you find that they almost resist this approach, right? That they say, oh, there has to be, oh, what's, is there something more exciting? Like, you know, do you think that people are often coming and looking for what is the secret sauce? Is there a magic trick? And they feel like the approach you're talking about isn't necessarily going to get great results. I think it's boring. I think a lot of people believe there's a magic pill that you take the magic pill and you're going to be successful. It was Michael Jordan, and there was a quote a number of years ago that he had, he had made to basically say, I'm very boring. <laughs> I will sit there and practice shot after yeah. shot after shot after shot, and it's the same shot. 
but it made him the best basketball player ever. Yes, what I do on a daily basis, some people would say, I can't do that. A high D would look at my schedule and say, there's no chance. It's not happening. But for me, it's been proven now for 20 years that I'm able to control it better, not have the huge ups and downs. And then at that point, make sure that I am, and I wouldn't say perfect because I'm far from perfect, but perfect in the job that I'm doing at that time. Yeah. And I think it definitely works for you. And so I'm curious, you know, like I said, it's been six years. So when you first had your disc profile done, did it just reaffirm what you felt you already knew? Did it give you a little bit more of a knowledge or freedom to maybe lean into some of the things that you felt naturally I'm doing. And sometimes I think, and you can tell me, I think in sales industries, there's a lot of one size fits all coaching. And so things that you maybe motivate high I's and high D's, which there's a tremendous amount in sales, that's fine, but it doesn't necessarily resonate with people with a different profile. So I guess I'm wondering, you know, sort of, A, did you experience that maybe in the earlier years of having that one size fits all? And did you feel, I guess, a new awareness or at least some kind of confirmation in terms of, yeah, this is who I am and this is sort of what I should be doing? Well, I, I think the trick is this. Um, when we first met and you first did a disc profile for me, I was in a little bit of a crossroads with my team and our business. Uh, we were still doing really well, but we had, you know, ins and outs for agents and administrators and things like that. So I had to take on different roles. And I remember you said, okay, well, your stress graph looks one way, but your personality profile is going to be a little bit different or your disc profile is going to be a little bit, little bit different. The key that I've always found with any real estate coaching, with any personal coaching, with anything like that is you have to take bits and pieces from each one because the one size fits all approach just does not work for everybody. And I think what you have to do is take the pieces of each coach that makes sense to you because there are coaches out there that are extremely high Ds. That's not the way that I work, but will I pull some things that sure. they have done and use it in my business? 100%. So I think it's just learning what you need to learn in order to make yourself successful from the little tidbits that you can take from them. Right. I guess talking about that and taking a little bit and applying it, I guess it's also helpful for like we, we sort of talked about this earlier, but your team, obviously. So we've done a, a few team workshops with Teams Old. Obviously, we see a lot of different profiles. Also, we have different roles to fill, right? So some profiles are more suited to certain roles than others. What would you say have been your takeaways from doing those team workshops? Well, I think they're really interesting when you've got very different personalities to see, A, how you're supposed to talk to people <laughs> and communicate with them. Some people want it one way. Some people want it another way. And we've even gone as far as, I think we made a little chart and we said, okay, how does so-and-so like being, you know, not talked to, but dealt with? And like, I know I say to the team all the time, guys, send me an email mm -hmm. if you need me to do research or something, because if you send me a text message, it's going to get lost in a whole bunch of text messages throughout the day and I'm never going to get to it. But if you send me an email, I can flag it, make sure I get back to that and do it right. that way. Where other people are like, don't send me an email. I'll never read it. Exactly. Email, right. If, if I look at my phone right now, my inbox, maybe let, let's take a look here. <laughs> you know, I right? do know. 
Well, I have 21 okay. emails. Okay. So tw 21, that's not bad. But if I saw 30,000 on there, which I see with some of my friends, oh my gosh. that would just drive me absolutely Same. I feel, I'm, yes. feel panicky just thinking about it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I would be like, how do you even function? I couldn't even look at that. That's a really important thing that, that you pointed out because that's just it. Like there's no perfect profile. We all have things that work better for us. And that's that's it. it is opening the door to these kind of conversations that sometimes are hard to do in the workplace. Often, you know, a platform like Desk allows you to sort of say, hey, my high S needs this sort of structure and this stability. And then one of your colleagues might be like, well, my high I is going to go crazy with that. I'd much rather pick up the phone and have a chat with you. Or the Heidi is like, you know what, just send me a text and make it, say it in as, in as few words as possible, get to the point, right? And then the fun begins, right? Then the fun begins because everyone, you know, we always want to try to connect with that other style while also honoring ourselves. But that's where the work comes into it. And I think just your whole approach right from the get-go has been about, you know, let's support everyone on this team. You run such a smooth, balanced, again, with you at the helm, with that <laughs> steady Eddie, right, driving the ship. I think it just really trickles down to everybody. And, you know, you guys have a really, really great vibe. Well, thank you. And we like when you come in as well. So, you know, you get some chocolates, you get all sorts of fun things. <laughs> and I like when there's also another team member is there. She was there last time, Oreo. Yeah, didn't bring her in today. No, she might be making noise. I can't remember if we, did we sort of profile Oreo? So the listeners already know because Heather and I have talked about, we had, yes, we profiled our pets. I feel like I might've taken a stab at it last time. I think she's. I don't know if we ever did with Oreo. I think she might be similar. I think she might have a high I and a high S. Is she pretty structured? You know, she's a dog, right? Um, yes, I know she's a dog, <laughs> but it's me. There's true no, enough, there's no limit. There's no limit to this. No, it's true. She's, she's a couch potato. She's very happy just sitting, chilling um, until I say to her, let's, you know, go for a run at the golf course. And then she and she's hyper. And she's hyper as can be. So yeah, no, she's pretty chill. Yeah. It's interesting how dogs can sense people's personalities as well, mm -hmm. because you know, for example, and you've done disc profiles on my kids. Um, <laughs> I and wondered if you were going to bring that up. like, yeah, they're like this. Like one one is a high D, one is a high C. They cross over in the middle and and that's their both of their graphs. And the dog can sense from one to the other. One can pick her up and she will just put his, her head on his shoulder and just lay there as she will with me. The other one will pick her up and she's like, let's go play, let's go play, let's go play. So it like can feed off that energy. Isn't that amazing? See? So I can take a guess at who's who in that scenario. Oh, yeah, you know. We're not going to name any names in case in case your kids are listening. But uh... right. <laughs> they know. It's fine. <laughs> See, so it's not only business, right? So you've taken it, you've used it in your work life, you've used it in your home life. And something that you told me when we first met, and, you know, this is very similar. It doesn't have to be disc specific. But one of the things that you told me that you do when you first go you're maybe getting a new listing, just that, that list of questions that, that you ask. You can maybe expand on that. But I think that totally also underscores that high S about you really wanting to understand who, who are these people, you know, what motivates them, what, what is a turnoff for them, what, what are they passionate about? But you can just you want to give me a few, few of those questions that you would usually ask. 
Well, you know, you're always trying to get as much information as you can when you're talking to a potential purchaser or, or seller. And I'll ask questions, you know, what kind of work do you do? What kind of work does your spouse do? How long have you done it for? A lot of it becomes around the house and the way that I will ask certain questions. The one that I love the most is on a scale of one to 10, one being it's the dog house and you wouldn't put your worst enemy in there. 10 being your house is the nicest house ever built in the world. Where would you rank your house? Right. And depending on the personality, you'll get different numbers. So when you get a personality that the person is like, well, you know, I think it's probably about a four or a five. It's probably usually about a six or a seven, but they just think, you know, their house isn't that nice. Interesting. Then you get the people who are realistic and they're like, oh, my house is about a seven. Okay, great. And their house is probably a seven, seven, eight. Then you get the people that are, oh, you know, nine, nine and a half. And you're like, okay, that's great. And then you get the couple people that are like, it's a 14. And I'm like, no, no, no. It's a scale of one to 10, not one to 15 or 14. But they think their house is here, which means I'm going in there with a different attitude and more information when the time comes to actually talk about pricing or talk about what happens when they're purchasing a house and giving them information a little bit differently because they think one thing and we've got to bring them back to either reality or just be able to teach them about the market because some of them don't even know. Right. But I love how you're taking that extra step. And just a lot of what you spoke about is also things like, yeah, like how realistic are they? So that comes into a lot of the things I've talked about on this podcast before, you know, optimism, self-awareness. Yeah. Somebody who is ranking it lower is, you know, maybe somebody who's just very hard on themselves, uh, maybe doesn't want to. So again, you're right. Then, then that allows you the opportunity to tailor the way that you're going to talk to that person and what that client needs from you. You know, a little bit of boost and encouragement is going to be very different than the client who is giving you a 14 where you're going to have to then take an, another approach and rein them back in a bit, right? Well, they're house proud, right? And, and I understand that. And if it's, if it's that, they will point out every doorknob and every light put, that they put in and the then the cost, the cost of everything. Yeah. So, you know, those light bulbs cost me X amount of dollars and that doorknob cost me X amount of dollars where the other people like, I, I don't know, here's my house. What do you think? Yeah, but I love it. I love that. This is what it's all about, right? Picking up what kind of cues can you get and then tailoring your approach to make sure that you're not burning a bridge. So you're like, okay, I see. Now I can see the motivation. I see what's going on here. And now this is the way I'm going to connect to that person. A lot of times, maybe somebody wouldn't get the listing because they're missing each other, right? One person's maybe almost getting offended by what the other person is saying. But in order to get right to the point, this is what you're doing, right? You're building a bridge. I always say this, let's build a bridge to a different style. And this is something that obviously you've learned and honed over, over your 20-year career. I do want to ask you, if you have a motto, what would it be? Well, our tagline is, you know, don't get sold, get sold. But I don't think that really counts. Uh, but we do have a secondary motto on our logo, and it's working for you. And that's uh, our logo. Uh, we revamped it probably about six or seven years ago now, and it's teams old, and it's um, you know your home, you, your life, your realtors, and and that's that's what we really try to focus on. But the working for you, we added in because at the end of the day, that's what we are here for. We're right. not here for ourselves. We're here. Yes, it's it's a job. It's a career. We're building a business. But at the end of the day, 
we don't spend we don't spend money on advertising i don't have buses i don't have benches i don't send out flyers i don't do newspaper ads i don't do tv ads radio ads or anything like that it is all repeat and referral so for us it's working for you to make sure that our clients then trust us to pass along our name when they hear somebody who wants to buy or sell real estate right and I love that. That's so on brand for high S, you know, working for you. I always will say this. S's are all about a lot of people in S professions are in some kind of helping, coaching, teaching, mentoring, kind of even healthcare. But it is. It's all about what can I do to be of service to you? And I also like that you touched upon the repeat and referral. This is often what I will tell to team leaders or even brokers that are maybe hiring an agent and they come to me and we do the profile and I might say something like, yeah, it's not a maybe that typical prototypical sales profile. And what I will say to everyone for encouragement is that because it's us, it's sort of slow and steady. So it's sort of it takes a path. It doesn't come shooting out of the gates the way maybe an IND can. But we do see a lot of peaks and valleys with that. And often I's and D's love the buzz, the thrill of new things. But maybe not so much on the follow through. So because of that, their career can look a little unstable. There's highs, there's lows. Someone with a high S like you, it's, it's exactly that. It's just slow and steady. And their business grows and grows and grows. And why is that? Because their business is repeat and referral. If somebody had a great experience with you, you know, they tell their neighbor, they tell their friends, they tell their family members, and so on and so on. So anyone, if you're listening and you feel like this is more your approach and your style, know that this is the case, that you stay true to your to yourself, your systems, it's just going to grow and grow. Sean, I do want to say thank you for chatting with me today and for being an excellent ambassador for HIAS. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure. And thanks for having me on here. I'm uh, thrilled that I could be on here. And, and it's funny because when, you know, you and I first chatted, I'm like, really a personality profile? Do these things really work? And, and things like that. And now we test our entire team just to know who we're dealing with and how we're talking to them and trying to make that, you know, like you said, that bridge, we're trying to make that bridge an even easier bridge to get across. We're having people that can work together, but are extremely different personalities. Yeah. Well, I, like I said, thank you. I, and I, I love working with your team. And we love working with you as well. Oh, it's a big love fest. <laughs> it is definitely <laughs> lots of hugs. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Sean. No problem. Have a great day. Thank you. Well, that's all for today. Thanks for joining us. Catch you next time. This show is a Twisted Spur media production produced by our very own Heather McPherson. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share with a friend and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Team Building Workshop a fundamental experience for teams striving to reach a higher level of performance and cohesion. You will gain valuable insights into the dynamics of the team and learn the key predictor of a team's success, strategies to optimize diverse roles on the team, each member's unique disc profile, the collective profile of the team, action items for enhanced interpersonal communication. If you are interested in connecting with Victoria for team building, strategic onboarding, coaching, or speaking engagement, you can contact her at discoverwhatworks at gmail.com.